Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A big deal for the Tampa Bay Rays. They are going to trade Malik Smith for Seattle catcher Mike Zanino and uh, Guillermo Heredia, an outfielder, and that's going to be something that will certainly change the look of the Rays outfield and their whole team next year. Also, the Tampa Bay Bucks continue their preparations for the Washington Redskins, and it's a football Friday. We've got Tom Jones, the columnist for now of the Tampa Bay Times. He'll tell you where his next move is going to be professionally, but we're going to talk a lot of sports because he's still writing columns, and we want to get his opinion. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started, hey, folks, the holidays are right here. I mean, you don't have much time as, as you think you do. So if you're going to find something special for your wife, your girlfriend, go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. That's where you're going to have the best time ever when shopping at Continental. So for our listeners only, Andy is going to offer you a limited time, 20% off all the jewelry purchases. Now, they already got the best prices, right? So you get 20% off. You just go in, tell them you heard it on Sports Day Tampa Bay. And so whether you seek a statement piece like a gorgeous diamond necklace or maybe you're looking to find that perfect engagement ring, how about a holiday engagement, and he's going to give you his undivided attention. So come to Continental Wholesale Diamonds today, and you score big with 20% off all your jewelry prices. It's where I shop, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. Tom Jones joins us now. And Tom announced that he is leaving his job as a sports columnist for a better job at the Pointer <laughs> Institute. As uh, Pointer Institute of Media Studies there as a media. I, I'll let you describe what the hell you're going to do, media columnist, whatever it is. There you go. You um, described he, it. <laughs> okay, media columnist, and he would he would like you to know that you need to apologize to him on behalf of you, and your apology is not accepted. And your apology is not accepted. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm leaving. I'll be leaving at the I'll be about another month uh, at the times, and then uh, and then I'll take a couple of weeks off, and then start over at Pointer the first of the year. Basically, what I used to do. When I used to do the old two cents on sports media, uh, I'll basically do that for regular media. So I'll look at not only that, but I'll also be looking at, at uh, highlighting other good journalism around the country and be doing a little teaching there, um, seminars and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm looking forward good to Lord. it. But I'll hope maybe I could still come back and do the podcast here and there. I, I would that's hope possible. you are going to have your own podcast at one point, aren't you? That's I hope so. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's another thing. Yeah, exactly. We would we would talk to people, newsmakers in journalism, uh, on a podcast over at Pointer. So, all that's coming up. Uh, like I said, out to the first year, I'll start over there. But it's been mm-hmm. fun. It's been I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've en- I think probably uh, people here are are going to be when I say here, like Tampa Bay area. I think it'll be mixed. I think a lot of people are probably overjoyed, dirt cutter included. That I'm that I'm leaving my job. But, um, well, I think Dirk Cutter could be leaving his by the time you leave yours. We have to yeah, see. Yeah, who, who lasts longer? Who, who's, right. who lasts longer in their current jobs, Tom Jones or Dirk Cutter? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you could have me on your podcast. And so you'll be calling Jim Acosta soon and asking him what the hell happened. in the. Exactly. That's a no. That's exactly, as an example, that would be something that I would obviously try to do. Pointer's got a pretty pretty uh, uh, great reputation in the world of journalism. So, yeah, I would I would dissect stories like the Jim Acosta being banned from the White House and 
stories such as that. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So Judas. <laughs> Kindly I'm books. I'm reading, exactly. I'm reading books about how to kill myself, and you're getting a new job. I thought it's you said mine. it wasn't I borrowed yours. it. I borrowed it. It's not mine. I glanced at it. Kindly leave. Kindly, kind of leave. Well, well that's exciting. Uh, yeah. For people that don't know what Pointer in the Pointer Institute, it, it actually is the owner of the Tampa Bay Times. Right. Um, but it uh, it's it's a Pointer Institute of Media Studies, so it's sort of. It's sort of a, it's a journalism school. It's a, they consider themselves a school. A school, um, okay, an educational, right. okay. It's school, yes, but it but it promotes discussion. Kind of a, kind of a think at, tank in a way, right? It, I mean, yeah. Although I think they hate that phrase. I don't know why. Because oh, I don't really? Think it's, I don't think it's meant to be insulting in any way. But it's a yeah. It, it just yeah. But it, it it does a lot of those things that that you would think a think tank would do in terms of discussing journalism, advancing the cause of journalism. Um, discussing the ethics of journalism, um, and uh, and of course, they, and they they have a great faculty there where they teach journalists of all age, uh, professional journalists, student journalists, uh, people who are interested in journalism. So, it's a um, and then you see like some of the people they attract for these seminars, and you know they're honoring Lester Holt uh, this year. Um, so it's been it's been a it's uh, it's a it's a place like you said it owns the Tampa Bay Times, um, but it's a it's a a place where sort of journalism is is front and center, and and they a good way to put it is they advance the cause of journalism, good journalism, and they just let you in, and they just let me on the <laughs> air there. Yeah, no, I'm uh, Neil Brown, who's the uh, executive, was yep. the former executive editor of the Tampa Bay Times, is now the president of Pointer, um, and a lot of great people over there. People who over the years, Roy Peter Clark, you know, yeah, uh, sure, Rick, great writer. Kelly McBride, who you often see on CNN talking about ethics and that sort of thing in journalism. So a lot, lot of a uh, lot of cool people over there. I'm looking forward to working with. Well, that's cool. Well, if they don't like Think Tank, we maybe Oracle Delphi, perhaps what we would do. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, but look, uh, congratulations. It's a good Thank job, you. and and in, I, I don't know exactly. We'll have to figure out like where we read you and hear you, and and uh, it'll be on Pointer.org. But I'm sure I'll be on the podcast before. Uh, yeah. Before I go, I hopefully anyway. Well, yeah, I still I got. Mean, an, I, I still have another month here. I watch CNN all the time, so I'm bound to see you there sooner or later. I hope. I mean, that just, would be, yeah. I yeah. hope so. Or cool. Fox News or someplace. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, I'm sure. Should, no, seriously. I, I, right down the middle, baby. <laughs> yeah, fair and balanced? Right. Fair and balanced. I'll podcast, you decide. <laughs> let, let, let's start now. Let's see how, let's see how up our, what do you think of Sean Hannity being on stage with uh, President Trump? I got an issue with that. Although, you know, <laughs> you know, you know he's, he's not weird, a though. journalist, it's, is he? It's, no, I mean, and who thinks he is? You know, that, that's Well, he even says he's not. I mean. And, and, I, and look, I, I think the only people who are truly outraged that Sean Hannity is on the stage are, are people on the other side. People are liberals yeah. who, who, who want to claim that he's a journalist at the same time claiming he's not a journalist. We, he is what he is. We all know what he is, which sure. is he's, he's, a, he's an entertainer. He's, a, mm -hmm. he, he's an opinion maker. Conservative and a, talk show host. Sure. Yeah, and that's, it's like so, so we're, we're stunned that he goes up there. Him and Rush Limbaugh would go on the air. Like I said, they don't consider themselves journalists, I don't think. So why, no, should, no. why should the other side? And they only consider him a journalist to sort of make their point that this isn't right. He shouldn't be doing that. But – Right. I look at the, at the end of the day, I got no problem with him actually doing that because I don't think he pretends to be a journalist at night. 
Although he, sometimes he is an investigative reporter, but that's another subject. That's true. Anyway, enough of the politics. Tom <laughs> Jones is leaving. Goodbye, everybody. No, uh, we're going to talk about sports still here, and as long as he's uh, in that realm, at least until uh, middle December or so. So uh, let's start with uh, your Tampa Bay Rays have made a big trade, and this is the beginning of the hot stove league, and the Rays are certainly a team that's usually active in that realm. So they get uh, – it looks like they're going to get catcher Mike Zanino uh, from Seattle and a part-time outfielder, Guillermo Heredia, um, and and it, but that means the end of the Malik's effect, which we talk about on on this podcast almost every night during the season, right, Steve? Malik Smith is gone. Yeah, the Malik's effect is no longer. Well, here let me ask you about this. Okay, so this trade, and and I'll give you my thoughts on this in just a second, but let me ask you, Rick, and Steve, that. W- are they selling high on Malik Smith? In other words, yes. are, is this as good as Malik Smith is ever going to be and he'll never repeat what he did a year ago and this was the perfect time to Well, try. I, my, my opinion, I'll give mine first and then I'll let Steve talk because he, I, just, I just decided to do that. Um, <laughs> basically, basically, my opinion is that Malik Smith is a very good hitter. And when I say very good, I mean he, may, he barrels up a lot of balls. He makes contact a lot. He certainly can run. He will, in my opinion, is an adventure. It's the Malik's effect. He's an adventure, and that's generous in the outfield. I don't think mm-hmm. he can play defense. Um, and so, you know, he, he can, you can put him out there in any of the three positions. That doesn't mean he's going to play very well. Um, but I think this is – he probably had as good a year as he's going to have at the plate. And, um, but I think he'll always be a good hitter um, and, until his, you know, skills erode. But – um, yeah, this speed, is, yeah to lose his speed. Speed, yeah. speed goes down, and, but but I mean he has the right approach. He, he makes a lot of contact. I think he's a decent hitter, but he's a fourth outfielder at best, and not a good fourth outfielder. Well, Steve, they they have three left-handed outfielders in yeah um, Austin Meadows, Kevin Kiermaier, and Malik Smith. So something had to give. So Austin Meadows is a young prospect you just traded for. You're not going to probably get rid of him, which Love meant Kiermaier Malik Smith was most likely going to be dealt or moved and and look to get something you got to give something up Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. what you're banking on is kevin kiermeyer stays healthy and that's that's the risk in this trade exactly and here's this is what i come down down to if you would you remember yeah i think it used to be i don't think they do it anymore wasn't there like in kansas or nebraska they used to have like six six man basketball or something like that where where you would play Three and they used to do it for girls basketball. Like you weren't allowed to cross half court, so three people would play defense and three people would play offense. And I wish they could do that with Malik Smith and Kevin Kiermaier. I wish Kevin Kiermaier could just play the field, and Malik Smith could just bat, and they could be one guy in the lineup. And at the end of the day, I was wondering, mm, would I have done this deal if Kevin Kiermaier had been in the trade? Would I rather have Malik Smith or Kevin Kiermaier? And it really comes down to up at the plate. I wish Kevin Kiermaier would be more like Malik Smith. At the plate, slap the ball the other way, bunt the ball, mm-hmm. um, use his speed more instead of trying to be a home run hitter. Ultimately, Kevin Kiermaier is so good defensively that I think that overshadows what or, or sort of trumps whatever Malik Smith does at the plate. Um, so, I, you know, as far as the deal, as far as what they get back, decent power. Kai, the that Zanino is, he's a what a twenty home run guy. Last year he had strike. a bad year. He only batted two hundred one with twenty dingers. But the year before it was two fifty one with twenty six dingers. But he's uh, going to strike out a ton. He is. He's going to swing and miss a lot. He doesn't walk. He, he strikes out a ton. But here's the thing, and this is the most important thing, Rick, and you know this. I'll, I'll take twenty home runs, and you can hit a buck ninety for all I care. 
as long as you can play catcher, as long as you can play defense a little bit. He's a really and good And this guy is one of the top defensive yep. catchers in baseball. Well, so. And remember, you're probably going to move on from C.J. Crone, too, so you needed some more thump in that lineup. Right, yeah. right. The other thing so, about Zanino, I mean, he had 20 home runs, but it was just 373 at-bats, and if you if he played the whole year, he'd probably get closer to 500. Right, although his strikeouts would be <laughs> Well, they'd be astronomical, <laughs> but he might hit 30, might hit 10 280 strikeouts, yeah. But oh, like well. I said, I'm willing to sacrifice that. I'll, you go ahead and strike out a lot. Don't even hit for a high average. But if you hit me 20 home runs and you drive in 60 runs uh, and then you can play a pretty decent catcher. And that, and now also, too, you're – you're, um, he's going to be platooning, you would think, a lot of the time. Yeah, with probably uh, Michael Perez or Nick Shufo, if, right. if it's not Perez. Right, So, and he's a guy that you can put in late in games, so mm-hmm. I, I imagine he'll get a lot of, you know, you'll see him a lot in the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. And Heredia, Heredia is, is supposed to be a very good defensive outfielder, can play all three positions, too. Right, and, and as Steve just mentioned, I, ultimately you're trying to make room for Austin Meadows. I mean, that's the guy, he was a big part Love of the, the, the Chris Archer trade that you got from the Pirates. Uh, he, he, they they he came up at the end of the season, but he's supposed to be in this lineup for a long time, and so you have to, you have to eventually. So you win the outfield now with Kiermaier and Tommy Pham and uh, uh, whoever else. You know, obviously, Austin Meadows. Austin Meadows and Heredia yeah, was, will probably be the fourth outfielder. Heredia, yeah, yeah. That's so you know, there guess. was really no more room for Malik Smith. You had to make a decision: Kevin Kiermaier or Malik Smith. Who are you keeping? And uh, you, who would you rather have? You know, you're probably right, Steve, that they sold Mal- Malik Smith about, at. at his absolute high point. I don't know that he'll ever be more valuable than he is right now. Yeah, and especially, you know, when you look at, you know, as far as contract status and things like that, still under team control, you know, he may have another season as he did this year, but I don't know if they feel he's going to be any better than this. Right. You know, and Kevin Kiermaier is still the best defensive outfielder in baseball, according to most people. Well, let me – yeah, no, and I agree with that. Let me ask you, Rick, you're starting to see some interesting names now in terms of who they may go after – uh, in free agency, uh, Josh Donaldson's name has come up. Andrew McCutcheon's name has come up. Maybe some guys to, to uh, I, I don't know if the, you're talking strictly DH at this point. I, I think Josh Donaldson, I think he's got one more big contract in him. Not not yeah. like super big, but probably too rich for the Rays unless they want to go out and spend, you know, $30 million for three years. So or are they, like they going to get rid then of Which Matt I, Duffy? I or seems a little rich what, what would you them, do there? He, Donaldson, he, he, I don't know. I, I'm excited. If you're a Rays fan, you should be excited, Rick, that it seems like, you know, they're, they're, they're going to add a little bit of payroll here. And, right. and they're serious. They, I think they realize here's the window. The window's open again. Let's try to win some ball games. You know, let's try to win it. Let's try to get into the postseason. The, the rebuilding part, I think, is done. They're ready to start winning. But, Rick, you asked if they get Josh Donaldson. I mean, I think Matt Duffy may be on the, the block anyway. Um, Why? Well, could be. I like that guy. Well, but, but you've got a crowded infield. You've got Matt Duffy, Daniel Robertson, Willie Adamas, Joey Wendell, Jake Bowers, Brandon Lau, uh, Nate Lowe, Keon Wong, Christian Arroyo. You've got a crowded <laughs> infield. <laughs> what? They all can't play? <laughs> <laughs> you know, some I mean, well, you know, they, Keon Wong's probably going to start in the minors and – yeah. You know, and, and last year your plan was Joey Wendell and Daniel Robertson platooning at second. That could happen again, too. Although, as well as Joey Wendell played and Daniel Robertson played last year until he got hurt. Uh, you know, they've got, they've got a lot of – they've got a crowded infield and a lot of guys that do a lot of things. And Matt Duffy, well, I think he's the best hitter on the team. There's no pop in the bat. Nope. And, you know, they may like Daniel Robertson or Joey Wendell at third better defensively, even though Matt Duffy's really good. So – I. I don't think it's they want to get rid of Duffy, but they've got a crowded group there, and he may be a, a piece that you can trade to get something for. That makes sense to me, actually. 
So while we're at it, talking about the Rays, the other day on, uh, I guess it was MLB Network, I don't know how much you watched those guys, uh, and I don't know what show it was. Billy Ripken was part of it, though. But apparently they were throwing some shade at the Rays and kind of joking and making fun about their attempts to reinvent baseball with the opener and this. What do you make of other people making fun of the Rays for what they, you know, for, for what they have done in terms of trying to change the game a little bit? Time to shut their yap is what I tell them first off. <laughs> Look, the team won 90 games this year, man. Who saw that? Right. They won 90 games with one pitcher, Blake Snell. I mean, that, the, you know, they had, I know, I mean, at the beginning, they had Nate Evaldi at the beginning of the year, and they had some different people, but, you know, and Chris Archer started the season there. But, I mean, at the end of the year, you didn't even know from day to day who was starting. And, uh, and they won 90 games. Like, right. like, again, I didn't think it would work, Rick. You and I talked about it throughout the season on the podcast. I didn't think it would work. I thought eventually the, the pitching would wear down. They'd run out yeah. of gas because you're going to keep throwing the same seven, eight guys out there four times a week, and eventually they, you know, their arms would just fall off. But right. it never happened. And they, and they, it was one of the more fun teams in baseball. I get why baseball traditionalists don't like it, and – I don't know if Billy Ripken was one of the guys ripping it, but that guy hasn't played baseball in what fifteen years. Twenty five years, yeah. It wasn't that great to begin with. Quite honestly, it wasn't his brother. <laughs> so I'll throw some shade back. Oh, his okay. Way. What if he didn't say it? What if? What if? What if Billy Ripken was standing up for him? They're like, that guy knows what he's talking about. No, but it just—I mean, to me, it's—it's a—it's—it uh, worked. They won ninety games. Proof's in the pudding, right? Yeah, I think it's scoreboard. I think I, you know, anything that's new, people get afraid of, and. I'm not sure it's helping the game because it's slowing it down a bit with as many pitches as they run out there. But they're going to do it again, and I think other teams will do it too because it's just easier to find guys who can be productive throwing two innings in the middle of a game than throwing seven innings or the last three outs. You know, and that's that's just that's just the way it is. Well, and the players on. hate it because it's going to drive salaries down because you're not going to have pitchers going that's out there, right. you know, using their stats, using their numbers to twenty five million dollars. Yeah, right. Look how many games I won. Look how many innings I pitched. Look how many you know what. Look at my. Uh, my whip and all this other stuff that, you know, it's just, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't lend itself to statistics to the point where you could, you could drive salaries that way. But hey, it's winning ball games. All I know is Kevin Cash is a manager of the year candidate. And if they're in any other division in baseball, they're making a legitimate run at the postseason. And even as loaded as the Red Sox and the Yankees are going into next year, we're already talking like the rates could be a factor in 2019. So um, I, 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 I understand where people are a little fearful of it because it's new, but I, I don't know. It seemed to work, so why not keep yeah, trying it? I agree. Let's talk about the Bucks. They play uh, Washington on Sunday, and it, look, the Bucks have lost four out of five. Their defense is uh, just horrific, and Deshaun Jackson won't address whether he asked for a trade or not. <laughs> but um, let's talk about Deshaun for a minute. I mean, we, we had a chance to chat with him yesterday. Is this a big deal or no big deal? I mean, and, and, and for that matter, should the Bucks have traded him? You're a lot tighter with Deshaun than I am. You have a you have a pretty good relationship with him, Rick. Um, I don't look. You kind of knew what he was when you got him, right? He was a he's a mercenary. He wants to come in and win football games. He's not interested. I think I do admire the fact with Deshaun Jackson, and maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'm misreading it. I don't think it's about the money with Deshaun or anything like that. He wants to play and win football games, you know? I would agree and with that. I kind of I kind of like that. Now, I would question and I'm not accusing, but I'm asking, is he is he going to give you 100% when things start to go south? When the team's not playing well, when uh when it's when clear it's, that when you're they're not out cool, of it. When they're clear when they're out of it, it either yeah. in games or in seasons. 
Is right. he going to keep giving you the effort that you need? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, and, and which means that I'm not sure. You know, may, maybe the answer is no. Maybe he doesn't give you everything he needs. But um, he's here now. I I don't doubt Rick at the start of games. He's going to try hard, and if and he's a special talent. There aren't many guys who can still do what he does. He might only show up four or five plays a game, but boy, those four or five plays can be pretty special sometimes. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that, uh, you know, there, there was a danger when, when this news got out that, you know, because I asked Dirk Cutter yesterday, or um, I guess, yeah, yesterday On when, Wednesday, as, we, yeah. as we taped this podcast, yeah. um, whether or not he was still a good teammate. And he says, no, he's definitely a good teammate. You know, no problems there. But is the definition of a good teammate somebody who actually wants a different teammate? <laughs> I mean, you know, he's like, he's a good teammate. He just doesn't want to be on this team anymore. So, uh, look, I, I think enough people respect Deshaun has a lot of respect because of what he's accomplished in that locker room. I mean, and you see him make plays. It, look, the other day, what was it? Uh, Fitzpatrick missed him on a seventy-yard bomb by about six inches. You know, yeah. if you hook that up, the guy is one hundred and you know one hundred and twenty yards. You know, in in the game. But as yeah, he's not, look, he's never been a guy that's going to catch one hundred and ten balls no, a year. You know, he's no. not that type 50, of receiver. 60 a year. Yeah, that's it. Right, because uh, because you know what, there are going to be two plays he takes off because on that third play has to. He's going to be running as fast as he can for as far as he can. That's you know, right. So. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, what, let I me think... ask you the other thing. I didn't mean to interrupt on, on the show. No, that's fine. The other, the other thing that I saw that I noticed, and, and you talked to Warren Sapp on Wednesday, so he's got got in this little beef with uh, mm-hmm. Quan Alexander and, and uh, Levante, Levante David. And my initial instinct to that, Rick, was like, hey, Warren, shut your mind. Yeah, shut up, man. Who cares what you have to say? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. He has every right to speak out if he wants. He's, he's got an opinion on things, and his opinion is probably a little more educated than most of ours. So I don't know that I had a huge problem with Warren Sapp. I think Warren can be a bit of a jerk, and I, I don't know that it helps. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. The franchise to have that guy piling on. And I thought he looked a little petty with, I got my championship, my gold jacket. Like, yeah, you don't have to read us your resume, Warren. We know you know football. But at the same time, uh, I don't know. I didn't. I, I didn't have a huge problem with him stating an opinion. We state our opinions all the time about how guys are playing. Look, I listen to Warren Sapp all day talk about football because he knows it. <laughs> you know, I mean, he does. And Warren Sapp, when he when he played, and there's a lot of things I don't want to listen to Warren talk about, but that's one of them that I will. And it's because when he played, he was one of the smarter players in the game. Uh, he understood what everybody around him was supposed to do. And when they got back to that huddle, uh, if a play did not work guys were accountable and Warren would call them out and say what happened in this, you know, this gap or what happened on this back end or, you know, this fit, this run fit or, uh, you know, and they, they trusted each other. And I think what he was getting at with that critique of his was that it looked like the safety wasn't trusting and they weren't spilling the guys to the right. You know, you want, I mean, there's always a technique, right? You got to either spill, um, you know, the runner, you know, to, to the, to the next tackler. Um, right. And, and sometimes he'll spill them back. But the whole point is everybody has a gap. you, you got to play discipline. Um, and this guy got the sideline really too easily, and the safety was slow coming up like he didn't trust what was happening in front of him. 
And that's what Sapp was talking about. Um, you know, it's a one-gap defense, and, and people have to be where they're supposed to be. And if you try to do too much, and, and that's when it gets out of whack. So maybe, you know, Warren said, he goes, look, I've been wrong before. Maybe I didn't know exactly what, what, what I was looking at. He goes, but, you know, those guys were throwing some pretty heavy artillery at him as far as, as, far as their language went. And, you know, I would not ever trample on the GOAT. You know what I mean? I mean, like, right, right. there's only a few defensive players, um, certainly in Tampa Bay. And, and you know what? Not that these guys wear their alumni sweaters, but they do come to the games and they do, they do watch their former teams. And it's got to be hurtful if you're Derek Brooks or Warren Sapp to see a Tampa Bay defense that's last in the league again, giving up, I don't know, 30-something points a game, and most of those in the first half. I mean, that's, that's never been what Tampa Bay – Tampa Bay – has been always been you know a franchise that was known for defense and, and sure. couldn't get 17 points. But um, I'll listen to Warren Sapp, and if he's wrong, he's wrong. But you know what? He's not wrong about everything. That's a crappy defense, and they're not playing well. And well, and I those... don't think it was a cheap shot either. It wasn't as no. if it wasn't as if he's like calling them lazy or they're not no. working hard because he, you know, if he's talking about something that he doesn't truly know about because he's not at practice, he doesn't, right, he right. doesn't, you know, he's not in film. Not sessions. in the he huddle, doesn't, know, doesn't what, know the call. Right, but. right. But but if he's looking at something that he and he's pretty sure about what he's looking at, and then he's just criticizing that. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe he has a point. Like I said, the only part that I thought really looked petty was like, I got it. I know, we don't, you don't have to tell us who you are. We know who you are, man. I love but, that uh, he said that. <laughs> the gold jacket. I, the yeah, I love that he said. And his point, he actually was dismissive. It may not have come across, uh, it may not have come across that way. Yeah. But, but I think when he, the, the tone, if you listen, if you were on the phone with me when I was talking to him, he actually was saying, look, I got a gold jacket and all that. I, you know, that's that's dead and buried. He was sort of saying. Oh, I see. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see was, what you're You yeah. take it the other way. Like, I'm a Hall of Famer, yeah. so I don't I, I don't need to, you know, right. glorify myself anymore. Okay, I, yeah, my res- okay. I re- it was yeah, sort of saying I have a resume, so, you know, this isn't about, you know, it's not really right, about right, right, my right. resume. He was trying to go the other way with it. But I get you. Okay. may yeah, not have come across that way. Now I see what you mean by that. But I would, I I would tell everybody my resume. I'd wear the gold jacket all the time. <laughs> you go, could wear it to Publix or whatever? Heck, yeah. <laughs> go down I there mean, to get your I'm a first sub- ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, Did, go to Wawa. The, thing, though, the, only, the, other, the other thing was like, man, what are you, you're breaking down film? What are you doing, man? Like, go. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Go grab I mean, he, a go go get a grouper sandwich in a hurricane. And sit on the beach, man. You know, like. Oh, he does a lot of that. He does a lot of fishing too. <laughs> but you only got so much time. It, it's something I, I don't know why. Whether this is like his attempt to say, "Hey, look at me, I can break down plays." He yeah. said it was something that the NFL Network wouldn't let him do because their producers weren't, you know, big about that role that he had uh, as far right. as like analyzing, Just didn't analyzing think it was film. Good TV or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and so, but he, I don't know. It seems to me as if maybe this is something that he would, you know. Would maybe want to do, um, yeah, yeah. But but there's Either a lot of co- other reasons. Would he coach? Would he? Do you no, think no. he would ever? No. Not a chance. Too much. There's too much time involved in coaching. Those guys don't want yeah. to spend that kind of time. I mean, Brenton Buckner is a former player that's coaching right now. How's that going? Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's it doesn't it's not for everybody. And very and there are some. I mean, you know, guys have gone into coaching, but uh, but not someone. Not not many guys do because yeah. it's just too much time. Um, I think they win this week, man. I think. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm. I picked them to win as well. I don't yeah. know why I feel that way. I just Washington I think, stinks. That's why. And they're well, hurt. They, they're banged up. They're, they're, got, they're losing place. people left. I mean, they're I know five they're, and three. They're, they're banged up. They're losing people left and right. They got no offensive they line. They did. They're, yeah, I, I think I actually think the the Bucks will as long as they don't fall behind by four touchdowns in the first quarter. Sure, they'll be okay. <laughs> That's the only thing. Like, just throw out the first quarters of these games, and everything would be fine. But. 
Um, yeah. I, I think I think they'll I think they'll play well. And I I still think Washington might score two or three touchdowns, but I, I'm looking like at a 31-21 type game for the Bucks. Yeah, that I think they'll win. I don't know by how much, but uh, you're right. The uh, some of the injuries are going to catch up to Washington. They're trending sort of down right now, and they're on right. the road. So, if the Bucks are going to win, they have to win now because if they don't get it going, they've got no shot at all. We did some of these questions online. I just want to kind of run through yeah. a couple of them with you. Should Ryan Fitzpatrick continue to be the best quarterback uh, the rest of the way, or? Um, what would you do with that position? It depends on who you're at. If you're asking me and I'm, I'm, be, I'm Dirk Cutter, I say yes. I'm asking Keep you. Ryan I'm asking you, but If Tom you're asking Jones. me, no. No, I, I would not. Ryan Fitzpatrick does me no good as far as trying to figure out. winning games, though? Well, I mean, and I really – see, and there we go. Like, my job's not on the line because of this. You know, I, I don't have to win – no, but you can look at it from an job. analyst standpoint. But, I, as, but if you know, I'm looking at it, see, see, and that's what I'm saying, the answer is different for everybody. If I'm Dirk Cutter, yes, I keep playing Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's probably a little bit better right now. Uh, there's a part of me, if I'm J- Jason Light, I want Jameis Winston there because we've got to make a decision on this guy. I picked him. I want Jameis to go in and play well. And if I'm somebody else in the organization, I'm like, hey, let's give Ryan Griffin a shot here. Is it, what's that guy going to run scout team for 10 years? Let's see, let him do something. Um, I I ultimately, Rick, I think they have no choice but to play Ryan Fitzpatrick now and just see how the next week or two goes. And if it's clear at some point that the season has fallen off the rails and you're not going to get it back, then I think you go back to Jameis and, and, and then you have to make a decision. I mean, look, you should know now three and a half years into this whether or not Jameis is your future or not. I don't know that the next six games or you know a game at Baltimore and a game at New York Giants is going to determine whether you're going to keep the guy for the next five years. But um, – but at the same well, time, I, I think I think you I know Ryan Fitzpatrick's not the future. I do know that. Yeah, I, I would say this that I, I think Fitzpatrick will play as long as he's playing winning football, whatever that means. And at some point, right. if the math doesn't work, they'll put in Jameis. Jameis is going to play again. I'm convinced of that, unless they go on some kind of winning streak. Um, and I think you know the other thing about Jameis is I want to see how he plays when he comes back from this benching because this is not like anything he's experienced before. Um, you know, he was suspended one game at Florida State for saying what he said, profane yeah, yeah. Uh, comment. Then he was suspended three games by the NFL for what he did after his rookie season with the Uber driver, whatever. Right. So the only times anyone in his life has ever sat him down and told him, you're not good enough, has been because of discipline, not because they felt they had a better chance to win with another guy. And so I'm curious to see how Winston reacts to this. In other words, you know, Humbling is a word he's used. I would have thought that the suspension would have done that, but look what happened. He came back. He's there one week of practice. They go to Chicago. They get behind by five touchdowns, and right away they put him in, and, he, and he's starting the next week. There was no, you know, no consequence really for him being out you know, for the suspension. So um, this time they took something away, and he did not want to come off the field, and they took him off the field. So does he come back and is he a better quarterback for it? Like, does he make better decisions? Does he, is he not as entitled? Does he play the position different? You know, I'm curious to see. And, and if, he, if he were to play five or six games and do really well and play winning football, it could influence them. I'm, I'm of the belief that he's coming back no matter what. I mean, I, I think I, – I don't care what you say, that Jameis Winston, 21 million or not, he'll be back. That's just my, my personal belief. All right, so uh, we'll move on from Jameis. I got one more question for you. This is a big one because um, mm-hmm. we we asked we answered these, these questions for the Tampa Bay Times. So why not do it now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what? Let me just ask you this, and this is a little different than what we said. What would it? What would Dirk or Jason Light have to do? What would have to happen 
for those guys to to return in 2019 and who of those two which one is more vulnerable do you think you know when when i answer this i have to think about how i how i broke this down it's okay if you give a different answer well no i because i know it's it's an interesting question i i think obviously the easy answer the throwaway answer is well they both have to win i do think rick if they fall short of the playoffs in a bad way like a six and ten if they end up going six and ten yeah seven and nine yeah i I, even seven and nine doesn't do it uh and particularly if they if we have a few more of these Games where they're down you know, thirty to seven sure. at halftime, you know. Um, but if if I think if they can get to at least get to five hundred, show some signs, uh, obviously make the playoffs would where everybody comes back. Anything, but let's assume they don't make the playoffs. Let's assume they're not. Yeah, have let's, enough let's say they don't get there. Who's more vulnerable? Right. I think I think Jason Light, quite frankly, is more vulnerable. Um, you do. I do. I do because this is um, this is the team he's put together. And if we look back at this. We're going to say, why didn't they win? What are the reasons they did not win? And I would say because they messed up on the quarterback. I mean, you can make this argument that they the, they choose they chose the wrong quarterback. Um, that was Jason Light's. I mean, he was the GM. I don't know that it was his call, but it certainly wasn't Dirk. It'll be on certainly his watch, wasn't. Yeah, yeah it certainly wasn't Dirk's call. Um, yeah. And uh, and the defense wasn't fixed. And we could sit there and say, well, he tried with Vita Vea, but you could. Now, I think it's way too early to call Vita Vea bust. I know people want to jump on that right away. The guy's been hurt. It reminds me a little bit of Gerald McCoy early in his career. Um, you know, but they'll look, people are going to look at it and say, "Well, they could have taken Derwin James, or they could have taken, or, you know, taken this guy." Or that yeah, guy. they're looking at that now. Sure, they are. So ultimately, I, I think when you look back at all this, the, the I think the guy who's it, it doesn't feel like a coaching problem. It feels like a personnel problem. And if that's the the what let we're me play, talking let about, me, then... let me play devil's advocate. And this is not—I'm not endorsing sure. one one yeah, position. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. And I'm not saying they should fire Dork or Jason at this point, but because as we sit here, they obviously could go ten and whatever, eleven and five if they sure. presumably. Run the um, table, yeah. But I would say this that uh, you know, the coaching at the coaching end of it would be for me um, schematically. What were they trying? A couple things. Dirk Cutter hired his staff, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. In the offseason, he fired one coach. It was a defensive line coach, Jay Hayes. And he hired Brenson Buckner. How has that gone? Yeah, not okay. great. Now you can say, well, then the talent was wrong, and Jason picked, really? So all those guys, the only ones that could play were JPP? You know, the draft pick wasn't right. any good. Right. The, you know, Bo Allen, Vinnie Curry, um, Gerald McCoy has nothing left. They all went bad, and it's and then I would say, um, you know, what about Mike Smith? Who's who's responsible for that? Right. Well, that that was Dirk's hire as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so so coaching is a, is, is yeah. more than just the head coach to me. Um, you know, now he he also you you know in terms of Jason, um, this offense, except for the fact that they get behind, and and some of that is turnovers, but let's face it, they can't stop anybody. This offense can produce at a high, as high a level as any team in the league, so he's got. I mean, look at it look can. at what he's built. He's built a decent offensive line. Okay, yeah, say it's not great. Very good, decent. good on the left side, but I mean, good enough. Yeah, good um, enough. Sure. They, they don't run the ball. You could say, well, is that on the running back, Ronald Jones? That's a big mm. miss there. But if you got Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, um, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, and Cameron Brait, that's what they tried to do was build around that quarterback. If you look at the league. Right, um, you have it's an offensive league. 
right? The other day, everybody, the Rams were undefeated, weren't they? How many sure. points did they give up? 45. Ton. Yeah, ton. 45. They were tied 35-35. I was just say they were in the game the whole game. <laughs> but they gave up 45. No one is no one is calling for the Rams defense to be retooled. That's right. just football. That's just the way the game is going these days. Um, you know, Atlanta averages 34 points a game at home no matter who they play. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah, so Saints, yeah. You 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 people. but you build an offense that can, you know, what how do you win in this league? You have to outscore Tom Brady. Well, and I think both, both of them have something to do with that. I think that Jason Light certainly has put the right pieces in play, place. And then the offense really is called offense. well, and it's a and good then, system. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Dirk, that Todd Munkin's called plays, but Dirk, yeah, it's Dirk's offense. It's his it's offense. Plays. Yeah, so, and again, it's it's a... It's an it's an average offensive line. You can maybe you, we could argue whether it's but above no or one's as no one's as great. I mean, no. really, I mean, you, and, no one has five backs, great players. And their running backs are, eh, and their even their quarterback play has been, eh. but I think oh, you and I can yeah. both agree this is as good an offense as we've ever seen with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now maybe Absolutely. it's a product of the of the generation, and that's the way it the clearly game is. Today. It clearly, but is at part the same it. time. Look, this two years ago it wasn't this good. Three years ago it wasn't this no. good, and, and and offenses were exploding all over the league. So, I That's don't. Right. I ultimately, I mean, what are the Glazers going to decide? I, th- I would think it's a package deal. If you bring one back, you bring the other one back. If I you fire one, you probably yep. fire the other That's one. Good you chance know? of that. Yeah. But I wouldn't be so quick. I look. I I necessarily wouldn't be so quick to uh, to fire anybody. Um, I actually. You know, oddly enough, you know, Dirk and I have had our run-ins, but I don't know that I'd be in a hurry to get rid of him. I don't know. I, well, the, pr- I, the problem is is that you're trying to sell something, and yeah. this has always been the issue with the Bucks. is that after a couple of years, you see the attendance over there. Who's buying this? Right. Who's buying this next year? You yeah. see what I'm saying? You, you sell hope in the NFL. Everybody has a chance, right? Everybody's going right. to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Are you, are, how many people are buying into this same contingent of coach – and GM next year if they have a seven and nine six and ten season, it's going to be a very hard sell. And, and, I think and also, it's funny, you know, you got you got Jason Light and then you got Dirk Cutter and then you also have the quarterback. It seems like in most organizations, it's all tied together. You know, it's and not this just, is, yeah. And I, and, I may, think, and maybe if you bring in somebody from the outside, a Harbaugh or a yeah. McCarthy or somebody yep. like that, or I'd be curious to okay, what are they going to do? Do you think the Glazers, Rick, are you know them? Nobody knows them really, really well, but you know them a little, a little bit better than than most. Are they talking to anybody on the side? Does anybody whisper in their ears and say, "Here's"? I my think they have some this. sounding boards, and I don't know if that's Tony Dungy or you know other people around football. I would caution, I would always caution owners to not, not to do that, and and like consultants to me. They're like broadcasters, and many times they are broadcasters. They don't have a skin in the game. I agree with Dirk with that. Like somebody asked him, would you bring in a consultant on defense? It's easy to make decisions when you don't have to live with them. Right. You know what I mean? And you're not inside the building where you say, you know what you should do? You should get this guy. Or you should you should hire a this or that. Or you should get rid of your quarterback. I think that's very dangerous sometimes. But I – but it's a good point because I don't know that the Glazers know that many people. And that's part of the problem in this round is that it's one thing if you're firing a coach, but you have Jason Light and you have a football guy. And the football guy has built an entire scouting system, you know, John Spitek, all these guys. And so that's more than just the GM. It's your whole football operation. Um, but if you've got that, they all have people they know and they can do interviews and, and you can lead the search. But if you get rid of both, you know, 
that's sort of a different different deal. So and I think the when, most important decision they have to make is who's their quarterback. Who's going to be the quarterback? And then I think you every all their decision comes yeah. after that. Well, 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 or does it? Because I'm of the mindset that Jameis is their quarterback no matter what. So if Jameis is their quarterback, and let's say the Glazers are on board, and whoever's whispering in their ear, if anybody is this whispering in their ear, agrees that Jameis is, yeah, Jameis is your guy. He's mm-hmm. you need to stick with him. He needs to. Yep. You need to re-sign him, bring him Fifth back. Fifth year. Yep. He's 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 got a future in this league. It just it can be he can be fixed. Then you got to decide who fixes him. Is it is Dirk the right guy to fix him? And if he is, then bring him back. And if he's not, then I that, that's what I'm saying. Like your decision is all based on who's your quarterback. Right. That's the way I think I would go at it. Right, but I think assuming that he is your quarterback, I mean, you know, Marcus Mariota is on his third guy. Why? Because they want somebody to fix the quarterback because they have a lot invested in him. Same thing's going to apply here to me. He's, you're under control fifth year, $21 million, Sounds like a lot, but guess what? Salary cap's going to go up $10 million. It's not as much as it was five years ago. Um, I think they'll, they'll do one of two things. They'll, they'll find a coach that will agree to try to save Jameis for one year and see if they can make this work, or – They'll hire a coach who's so powerful that they'll have to listen to him if he says he doesn't want the guy. And my right. guess is that they'll find somebody to save James. Um, that seems the way, the way it goes. I mean, they did that with Shiano. When Shiano came, they Shiano wanted to get rid of Josh Freeman, and they said, right. you can't. If you do that, you know, you'll end up getting fired. And he said, with all due respect, I'll be fired if I keep him. <laughs> and he was right. right. You know, so anyway. Curious. Uh, good stuff as always. Uh, so so now, will I see you around? Are you going to be writing columns? Uh, for you're the not next leaving m- us, right? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna scorch the earth before I leave, man. I'm firing. That's everybody. what I mean. Like like your last column should just be ridiculous. My last column. I'm firing Dirk. I'm firing Cutter. I'm getting rid. of I'm trading Winston. I'm moving the Rays Absolutely. out of town. I'm the light. I'm firing Cooper. I, everybody. It's every. It's going to be just. Scorched, scorched earth. earth. Yeah. That's the way you go out. That is the blaze of glory right there. <laughs> what if and I it, did all that and then it's like the next day pointers like, ah, oh, you know what? Never mind. We can't bring you over. So it's like, uh oh. Ouch. No, what's going to happen mind? is all those people will go into the media and you'll be talking to them again like they'll all be broadcasters or something, that's, you know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, Very no, I'll likely. still be around another month or so and we'll hopefully have me back on the podcast a few more times. Every week, man, at least. I'm here. Thanks, Tommy. I'm here, man. All right, all right. Rick. So we got a big college football weekend, a uh, little update here. Ian Book, the quarterback of Notre Dame, they play Florida State up there uh, in South Bend. He is not going to play in the game. He is injured, so maybe that's worth a few points to the Florida State Seminoles for sure. Speaking of injured quarterbacks, Kyle Trask, um, kind of a sad news there. He's out for the season. Florida quarterback, uh, I guess, uh, has injured his foot, his broken foot or something of that nature, and so he will not play in the uh, Florida-South Carolina game, which might have been a possibility uh, for him the lightning are going to host ottawa on saturday we got the bucks washington on sunday it is a busy busy weekend we thank you guys for listening to us we'll be back here on monday in the meantime go shop at continental wholesale diamonds see my friend andy he's going to help you out with all your holiday gifts and you're going to get 20 percent off that's right 20 percent off just for saying you listen to sports day tampa bay at continental wholesale diamonds so for Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 